the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yeehaw! We are back with a brand new third hour of the show. Back on the schedule. Stick it, establishment hackaroos. So good to have you here. I'm Randy Corcoran. 303-696-1971 is the number. 303-696-1971. Text messages are coming in. Make sure you use the free-to-download 710KNUS app because, let's just face it, Unless you're, you know, like in the parking lot, the 710 signal is not the best in certain parts of town. In fact, it's really strange because I had court in Colorado Springs on Friday, and you can drive all the way down toward Pueblo and get 710 just clear as a bell. So it's very narrow, very directional. But if you download the 710 KNUS app, you can get it anytime, anywhere uh, that you have an internet connection, and it's just clear as a bell. Plus, you can use the text-to-studio app from your phone, which is very, very cool. And you can call us by simply pushing a button, which we obviously enjoy as well. Don't want to forget to remind you about the Arapahoe Tea Party meeting, first one of the year, next Tuesday, 6.30, our regular place, South Metro Fire Rescue in Centennial. Absolutely free of charge, but you have to have a ticket due to oftentimes having seating limitations, and uh, we're not allowed to exceed a certain number in that very nice, very big boardroom that they let us use every single month. So you can find the event on Eventbrite, get your free ticket, or you can email us at Arapahoe Tea Party. Email to ArapahoeTeaParty at gmail.com, ArapahoeTeaParty at gmail.com. And remember, there's an E on the end of Arapahoe. Before we get back to our conversation with Taylor Rhodes, the executive director of Rocky Mountain Gun Owners. It's just, we may not get a chance to talk anymore about it, this particular show, just how exciting what happened during this week was. The power has literally been returned to the people. No more will we have a Speaker of the House, at least for the next two years, who can simply dictate what comes to the floor, what bills are voted on. Um, They don't, one man... One woman, one Pelosi-like dictator, or one goofy John Boehner, or one establishment hack Paul Ryan. Man, no one has ever let me down more than that guy. I really believed he was one of us. Uh, that's not happening. And you can thank our very own Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates and, uh, and a small group, really only six Republicans, for making that happen. And for all of the idiocy that we heard all week long, including here on this station, and I'm not calling people idiots, I'm talking about just naivete about how important it is to get back to an actual governing process. It's supposed to be dirty and messy and sticky and take some time, not just, I'm next in line and I'm taking over. And there's nobody better to hear that from than the late, great U.S. Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. And, uh, you know, the, the Europeans look at this system and they say, well, 
It passes one house. It doesn't pass the other house. Sometimes the other house is in the control of a different party. It passes both. And then this president, who has a veto power, vetoes it. And they look at this and they say, uh, it, is, it is gridlock. And, and I, I hear Americans saying this nowadays. And there's a lot of it going around. They, they talk about a dysfunctional government be, be, because there's disagreement. And, 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 they, and the framers would have said, yes. That's exactly the way we set it up. We, we wanted this to be power, uh, contradicting power, because the main, uh, the main ill that beset us, as, as Hamilton said in, in The Federalist, when he talked about a separate Senate, he said, yes, it seems inconvenient, but inasmuch as the main ill that besets us is an excess of legislation, it won't be so bad. This is 1787. He didn't know what an excess of legislation was. <laughs> So uh, uh, unless Americans can appreciate that and learn, learn to love the separation of powers, which means learning to love the gridlock, which the framers believed would be the main protection of minorities, the main protection. If, if a bill is about to pass that really comes down hard on some minority, they think it's terribly unfair, it doesn't take much to throw a monkey wrench into, into, this, into this complex system. So Americans should... Uh, should appreciate that, and, and they should learn to love the gridlock. Uh, it's, it's there for a reason, so that the legislation that gets out will, will be good legislation. And that applies in every branch of our government. Look at the reign of Mitch McConnell. Yeah, he helped us get a Supreme Court majority. Thank you, Mitch. Now step back, step down. Mitch McConnell is responsible for the re fact that we don't have a majority in the United States Senate right now. And uh, Nancy Pelosi ran that house like her own private fiefdom. fiefdom. Kevin McCarthy may very well, you know, California Kevin may very well have thought he was going to do the same thing, and that is not going to happen. Let's bring our guest back on, Taylor Rhodes, executive director of Rocky Mountain Gun Owners. Uh, you heard that Antonin Scalia clip. What was your reaction to what we witnessed this week in the U.S. House of Representatives? So honestly, so honestly, we when when it first started and we saw the Monday, uh, the first vote, and you know, friends that have uh, previously been in that Freedom Caucus uh, realm, the Thomas Masseys, the Timberchats. Uh, I mean, even Ken Buck to an extent, right? Yeah, um, he was he was the president in right, his freshman year. Right, it, it's it's fresh. It's inauguration right, year as right. well. Right. Yeah. Uh, when when you see those guys that are that are voting uh, for McConnell, um, I think Buck may, maybe he voted present the first time around um, or the second time. I can't. He, I, I he thought, switched his vote one of the times. I thought he was supporting McConnell, but near the end he was saying, "Look, the message is being sent. If right. you can't get the votes, we may have to move on." Right. So when those guys were, were voting for McConnell, I mean, they were voting to keep their committees, right? They wanted – Massey wanted to be on uh, judiciary. Jim Jordan wanted to be on judiciary, right? Those are very powerful committees. Um, when that when that happened, I was like, you know, it's going to be a waiting game. How, how It's going to be a waiting game for Gates and Boebert uh, and Chip Roy um, and, and that crew of, of how many concessions can they get – um, once it got to Thursday, I was actually pretty optimistic that they were going to have to move forward with someone else. It was clear that they were being, they were frustrated. 
there were talks from what I had heard on Capitol Hill that the Democrats were looking to possibly cut a deal. Obviously, that never came to fruition. Uh, thank God, honestly, uh, because I'm sure the lefties in the in the Republican Party were itching to make that deal so they could you know go to their their cocktail parties and uh, and and swear in their new speaker. Um, but it. To me, government's a, a good thing. I mean, in the last uh, 100 did, years... Did you mean gridlock? Yeah, gridlock, yeah. yeah gridlock's yeah. a good thing. In the last 100 years, when is the last time you could say Congress is not looking to steal your freedom? I mean, we had a week solid that Congress could do nothing. Um, I think No money went to uh, to Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. No, I did do the math, and it was about $720,000 that we spent per day uh, for that gridlock. But I say that's money well spent, yeah. personally. <laughs> Big savings. Well, and then last night, I mean, Mike Rogers, I thought he was going right over Lauren Boebert to yeah. wrap his hands around Matt Gates' throat. Yeah. Um, and there's a one picture where the guy holding him back literally got his palm across his face. Yeah, I saw a funny tweet. It was like wow. face mask, 15-yard penalty <laughs> on the Republicans. You redo 14th votes. <laughs> so clearly people were uh, were getting pretty worked up, and, and they were ready to have this done. Um and Matt Gates himself said, I'm asking, I'm running out of things to ask for. Right. I just, I, I was hoping by tonight's show I would know what the last reason was that it flipped between vote 14 and 15. Have, do you have any insight? I have no, so our friends were all sitting there, many of yeah. our friends, and I, I can't get a clear answer from any of them or their staff. So. Yeah. Uh, either it's not going to come out or it will come out in a leak, you know, in the next two or three weeks, uh, you know, cause some staffer can't keep their mouth shut. That's normally how, how things leak in DC. So, well, it was, it was, it was fascinating and it was democracy at its best. Right. Without right. a doubt. And with the concessions that they got, it looks like that they're the freedom caucus and, and those like-minded. They'll be running the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. So very, very exciting. All right. Well, let's get back to the tweet. And you you said that Donald Trump has done more damage to conservatives. You're very disappointed. And in the tweet that I caused me to invite you in, you said it's time to move on. Right. So go ahead and and uh, lay it on me. So over the past, well, let's just talk about from inauguration day to January 5th. Right. I'm not going to talk about you know we're not going to talk about January 6th. Uh, we're not going to talk about you know the last uh, you know two years since. During his time as as president, like I said, I, I was I was working for the man uh, because I thought I mean on his on his website when he first uh, kicked off his campaign, right there in big bold letters, he wanted to audit the Fed. That I mean, that's what brought me into the conservative movement with with Ron Paul uh, is uh, you know talking about auditing the Fed and bringing back responsible spending. Uh, that did not last very long. I don't even think it lasted the the length of his his uh, first term. Uh, of course, you know there was other things that uh, that irritated me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a gun guy. I'm a gun nut. Uh, some would even call me a gun rights extremist, right? So initially, I, and of course, I'm not going to put these in chronological there, order. There's no may I in the Second Amendment. Right. Go ahead. Exactly. So I'm not going to put these in, in chronological order, but. Um, one of the biggest things that was really, really irritating to me was, I believe it was after, 
I can't remember the the shooting, and it, it wasn't Vegas because that was his his bump stock ban, which now we know is unconstitutional in, in the Fifth Court of Appeals. Yeah, that was great. Um, will I likely will likely see that be challenged in in every every appeals court around the nation? If if we don't do it, someone else will. Um, but it was, the, and by we you mean the National Gun Owners right Association. National Association for Gun Rights, yeah. and um, we. But the first thing that was really troubling was people forget Donald Trump was advocating fairly hardly uh, for red flag gun confiscation laws uh, after, I believe that was Parkland, because uh, that's when all the, the red flag talk started and began. And he had you know the famous quote that says, we'll take the guns first, work out due process second. Yeah. At that point, you know, I was still on the, you know, quote unquote Trump train and I took a step back and I'm like, this guy sounds like Barack Obama. Uh, this guy sounds like, you know, Mitch McConnell. This guy sounds like every other lefty that's, that's ever held office. I mean, you know, George Bush once said that, you know, pro-lifers weren't ready for a, to outlaw abortion because Americans weren't ready for it. It sounded almost like that. And, and ultimately, uh, they did not sign a bill into law because he did have some people that, uh, spoke to him. I, I think it was actually his son that talked him out of uh, signing the the bill that ultimately Joe Biden signed yeah. um, that uh, entices states by giving grant money uh, to enact red, red flag, flag laws, uh, which to me is one of the biggest atrocities uh, in the gun community right now. I mean, you can say I think Randy Corcoran's crazy. I want his guns, uh, and you know, by and law, you'd be right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm actually surprised that I have not been red flagged yet. I, I will say, uh, and I'm a major opponent of red flag, um, and I've dealt with it a little bit in the practice of law at my law firm. Uh, and Steve Reams, a Well County Sheriff, has been red sure. flagged a half a dozen times. Sure. The courts have put a stop to that nonsense, of course. Um, but it hasn't been... I have not experienced or read about or seen dramatic abuses of it so far. So Nine News put out a story, this was a month ago, that 67% are denied. Um, that's that's two-thirds that are so trying to be good. abused, yeah. right? Uh, luckily, our, our judges are, are stopping that. Um, so, you know, it's, there is, there's, it's ripe for abuse. Yeah. Um, it is, thankfully we, we do have fair judges, uh, at least for the most part, yeah. <laughs> uh, you would know better than I do. Yeah. And, and that doesn't change the fact that every time something like this happens or conservatives say, well, you know, I don't like it, but it's okay. We've got to do something, you know, a, a Douglas County cop got killed from somebody sure. who should have had a gun taken away. And, you know, my arguments back then were, were we've got mental health ways to go after sure. people and keep them from their guns sure. if they have problems. But the incrementalism, uh, that's what the left is all about. Sure. You know, we, we offered, actually, we ran it through Jerry Sonnenberg, Senator Sonnenberg. Uh, we offered an uh, amendment that people don't realize in red flag in Colorado, the word mental health is used. I think it's three times the word firearm and confiscation used synonymously uh, are used together. 
uh, is used something like 112 times. It is a massive, massive difference. It's not about mental health. It's about confiscating guns. And Senator Sonnenberg ran an amendment for us that would have it really would have taken away all of our concerns. It, it it made due process go first. It added, I think it added from a three-day hold to a seven-day hold, which law enforcement was asking for and still are asking for. Yeah. Um, and and it cleaned up the, the language to a point that we would actually even have supported it. We right. wouldn't have gone neutral. We would have supported this bill. And uh, unfortunately, the Democrats wanted nothing to do with that because it took out their gun confiscation scheme. Yeah, and and that's been proven out because, uh, in fact, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about it. You've got an early copy of the 2023 Colorado Democrat Legislature's Assault Weapons Ban for Colorado. Right. Yeah, and just right now while while we're just briefing on it, and we can go back to the to the Trump topic. Um, Rocky Mountain gun owners right now is is leading the charge, not just in Colorado, but around the country for Second Amendment litigation. Right now we have five, well, they've been consolidated, but it was five active lawsuits. Now it's two, uh, one against the city of Superior, Boulder, Boulder County, and Louisville, and the state of Colorado against their assault weapons bans. And the judge has has ordered a TRO, a temporary restraining order, on those bans. Excellent. And this bill that they have drafted um, and presumably submitted uh, goes even further than what Boulder and Superior and, and others have done. It would actually outlaw many, like, Glock handguns. Well, here's what I want to do. We're up against a break. It's um, it's 722, our brand-new third hour of Wake Up with Randy Corcoran since we've been moved to Saturday evenings. And uh, it's really exciting because we have more time to get a lot more done. We were scheduled to have Frank Gaffney on to talk about China. It's the date night for him. So we're going to go ahead and take our break. I'm going to reach out to Frank, see if we can reschedule him, because we've got you here live in studio, um, and I think we should continue this conversation. So let's go ahead and take our pause here. We'll reach out to Frank, see if maybe he'll come back next Saturday when we can do a very important segment with him on China and other uh, things for which he is a tremendous resource of knowledge. I'd much prefer to continue the conversation in studio, live with Taylor Rhodes. Our phone number, 303-696-1971, if you want to weigh in. He says time to move on from Trump, and we're going to get some details on the gun assault weapons ban bill that we believe has already been plugged in in the Colorado State Legislature. No uh, publicity about it just yet. In fact, they haven't sworn in and, and started. They start on Tuesday, right? They Monday? start on Tuesday. We were actually yeah. able to get an early draft from a legislator who I won't name and throw him under the bus, but we were able to get an early, early draft. And perhaps, assuming we, and I think we'll just go ahead and plan to reschedule Frank Gaffney, but uh, when we come back, maybe you can explain the, the wonderful love affair between the Independence Institute and RMGO as well. Sounds good. Because I just don't understand. All right, 723, let's take our break. Randy Corcoran here, Taylor Rhodes in studio. You're listening to 710K in U.S. Really should be the replacement theme song for this show, but I just can't let go of Radar Love. Anyway, welcome back. 728. Really a good-looking week ahead. 48 tomorrow, 50 on Monday, 52 on Tuesday. A little cool down and then 50 heading into next weekend. That's the long-term forecast. Tis a privilege 
to live in, even Democrat-controlled Colorado. I um, I called Frank Gaffney, and he graciously agreed to reschedule because uh, we're just skimming the surface here with our great in-studio guest, Taylor Rhodes, who I've never really talked to in depth before. Um, he's the executive director of Rocky Mountain Gun Owners and um, obviously very passionate, had no idea just how deep he was into Republican politics. And hell, he's like, what, 26 years old? Twenty. What, I what? just turned 28. Okay. All right. Well, you're getting up there. Yeah. But, you know, this is something that's very important to me because I've gotten connected with Charlie Kirk and Jack Posobiec yeah. and, uh, you know, Turning Point USA. Yeah. I met They're, Charlie when he was still out of working out of a white van. <laughs> uh, he, interestingly, was born in Arlington Heights, Illinois, which okay. is where I dropped out of high school at okay. the age of 15 and came back to my home state of Colorado at 17. So... Um, we've got some interesting connections there, but I, as a as an old guy, uh, but fairly new to politics, you know, t- Tea Party patriot, uh, about twelve years now, really paying attention, trying to make a difference in this in this old dog Republican GOP. The youth movement to the GOP is very um, just exciting to me. It's it's incredible. We've got Colorado Christian University here. We've got Hillsdale College. We've got. As I said, TPUSA with chapters even at liberal CU Boulder. Right, right. Um, and, and smart young people who haven't lived their life in, on, in TikTok and been totally brainwashed brain damaged by, by yeah, um, get it. They don't want people telling them what to do and where to do it and when to do it and all of that. So right. do you see that as well as a 28-year-old? Yeah, so I, I wasn't able – I was invited but wasn't able to get to AmFest uh, in, I guess it was December. Yeah, like 15,000 people. It's bigger than the Western Conservative Summit. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. Uh, but I was able to get to – Young Americans for Liberty, they had their revolution, which is the same thing. Shh, can't say the words like that. I'm yeah, exactly. Know. I hear you're uh, you're an extremist if yes, you say that. Yeah, or even if you fly the Gadsden flag, you're an ext- extremist. It's going to get flagged by the FBI. I just yeah. wonder how many lists I'm on. So um, the it's similar similar idea, and they had, uh, I don't know, it wasn't nearly as big as AmFest. They probably had 5,000 kids. Um, and it's the youth movement, especially in the Tea Party Liberty side of things, is growing rapidly. Um, one of the guys that, that we recently hired, uh, we pulled him out of that. That's where we found him. And um, he is uh, he's done a lot of good work uh, for us and has been a been a great asset to us. So. You know, it's it's critical that you know I was a I was born in the day that you know it's, it's I'm not that I'm not that old, but was born in the day that College Republicans was the only show in town. Yeah, and uh, you know I I joked that I radicalized my College Republicans uh, group and uh, and had a lot of fun with that. I actually worked my way up to becoming the. Uh, state treasurer there and and did a lot of good work in Mississippi uh, back in the day and uh, well it, it, it's great to have you here and and at the helm of of RMGO I I, I know Dudley pretty darn well I've done events uh, heck I spoke at a fundraiser for Ken Buck where Mark Meadows and and Tom Massey both came in and and spoke and Dudley was there and um. It, I really don't understand. And, you know, I love John Caldera. We obviously disagree on sure. on sort of a, what I consider establishment politics that, sure. uh, you know, the establishment got their entire slate, their perfect slate, they said, to win in a red wave year here in Colorado. Now, they blame us, of course, of course. for their losses. 
so we're, we're always going to disagree about that stuff. And yet I think the Independence Institute does very important work uh, here in, in the legislature, trying to fight for lower taxes, keep Tabor alive, that sort of thing. What in the hell happened between either Independence Institute and RMGO or between John and Dudley? Do you know? So I will give the abbreviated version. Yeah, we don't have a um, ton of time. So long and short, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll bring it to you know present day. Yeah. Um, long and short, there was an ideological difference of the way that the party, uh, the way that Republicans uh, should uh, should act. Um, unfortunately, uh, even though that they do uh, decent work, uh, they have put their support and their money. Uh, behind center-left Republican candidates. Um, and unfortunately, they need to stick to ballot initiatives because that's what they're good at. Um, where the, the, conflict, the conflict has happened over the years is, you know, frankly, and I, and I hate to say this, but it's, a, it's, it's almost as bad as D.C. when it comes to the game of consultants, right? They have their people that are paid – in my opinion, way overpaid, right? So they're, they're being paid vastly to lose. Um, on our side of things, it's, it's not that way. I've, I've worked in Liberty politics and, you know, I'm not living in Cherry Hills. Uh, some of which consultants, I won't name names, that are tied to Independence Institute, Advanced Colorado, um, you know, even the, the state parties, IECs for a long time, um, have been, have been, you know, given the gravy train. And they've been giving no incentive to win. We get the same television commercials and the fancy, shiny mailers. And, right. And the worst, some of the worst election results in, in my lifetime in Colorado. You know, one of, one of the example I want to point to of just how delusional and how, um, how far they are willing to go, you know, to keep, keep themselves in power, even if it is in a minority, we primaried, uh, I, well, we didn't, uh, we recruited a candidate uh, to primary Hugh McKean, the late Hugh McKean, and they spent almost, Independence Institute and their network of friends spent almost $700,000 in a primary in Colorado. That's congressional money. Our side spent almost 55000 which was huge on our end. We, we yeah. wanted him gone. He was a nightmare politically. Um, obviously didn't wish any ill will on him. No, and, no. Um, but it, and, uh, you know, since we had Peter McCullough on and we're talking about, and we spoke about vaxes and the Monday yeah. night football hit and all that, uh, the way the sudden death on him, it was a heart attack. And yeah. Now, now he was he was a thick guy he was but he was so energetic and right. so active a construction right. guy strong and right. everything never have heard exactly what happened right. there and I and I again I don't want to pry into to family sure. business but if he was vaccinated and had a sudden death heart attack uh, it's more information people should know which is someone that gave the governor you know ultimate power to regulate vaccines which he did yeah. um you would assume that that would be the case when they signed off on the, right. on the statute, and you know, Polis has still not relinquished that emergency right. power. It's unbelievable. The only way to take it away is for now the Democrat, you know, supermajority, yeah, which is uh, never going to happen, yeah, to to actually pass a resolution ending his right. uh, Polis's emergency authority. It's it's all such a nightmare, and and uh, you know, Hugh was uh, good to converse with sure. and uh, very likable and all that, but. 
uh, he was definitely, you know, playing both sides as far as I can tell politically. Right. You know, he was – and I, I tell people this all the time. He really was – I mean, he was a, he was a great politician. He, yeah. he was one of the, the nicest people. Definitely. Uh, and I was not always nice to him. I mean, the guy uh, up, until, up until he died would call me fairly regularly – um, would always call from the day I met him would call me every year on my birthday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was an exceptional guy. He was just played both sides of the political aisle. Um, and, and, and like I said, I don't take politics personally. Yeah. So if you vote against me, I'm going to whack you. And play, playing devil's advocate in Colorado in the weak position Republicans are in, you know, some say, well, that's the only way we can get anything done. And for me, it's not about getting things done. It's about stopping bad right. things from happening. We don't need to get any more things done. Right. Let's stop as many things as we can. Right. Obviously, I'm a gun lobbyist, but where I lost complete faith in several of the lefty Republicans is during the the long um, Rhea fight, the 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 uh, abortion fight. Um, I think it was four of the more lefty Republicans left uh, in the middle of the night. Uh, and left their colleagues there to fight. Yeah. They were tired of doing it. At that point, that was I, an all-nighter. That was an all-nighter. Yeah. If you leave, uh, if you leave your guys uh, or girls, and in that case, I mean, you have no respect for me, um, especially in a fight that's so important like that. I mean, we're talking about life and death, literally. Um, you know, and that's frankly talk, going back to Donald Trump and his his. Uh, I don't know what you call it, yeah, on a truth let, or whatever. And let me reset for people who are just tuning in or just joining us. Uh, I brought you in because I saw your uh, your comments on Twitter that uh, we must re- you you worked for Trump. You worked for the RNC. You, you're you know Trump. You're he knows your name. Oh man, I was are. an establishment guy yeah. for a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you're and you said on Twitter we must rebuke Donald J. Trump in the 2024 election. So we've got a couple minutes before the next break, um, and we may not get into all the details sure. that we want to, but who do you see on the horizon that you could or want to support for president in 2024? Sure. So we don't know who's going to get in yet, right? right? I'm not a fortune teller. I, we know I, the Al, uh, the Arkansas governor, uh, Ava Hutchinson, yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, DeSantis sounds like he is yeah. going to play the fence. If DeSantis gets in, uh, he's a likely choice for me. Uh, depending of what happens, you know, he's made a lot of big promises, uh, on, on my issues, right? He's made promises on, on abortion, uh, you know, banning abortion. He's delivered for Florida for sure. And he's made promises to pass constitutional carry. We'll see if he delivers on, on those, on those two promises in this legislative session, which, which he claims that they're going to get it done. I am, I am, uh, cautiously optimistic, um, you know, uh, how do you tell a politician's lying? Their lips are moving, yeah. right? So, um, but he's been on public record that say that they wanted he wants to do that. So, um, he's my choice for now. But he's not in, right? He may not get in. If I'm him, and I see I see Donald Trump saying, "Hey, if I don't win the primary, I'm going to go independent." Has if Trump I, said that? I haven't heard that. I would assume that he does that, right? That he hasn't said that, no. Yeah. But I I assume that he does that, right? That's just assumptions. Um, but assuming that he does that, yeah, um, it seems like a big assumption to me, but, uh, I, I think he believes he'll clear the field. Sure. Uh, and I think he, he likely may, uh, do you know anything about, or do you have any concerns about the, the money behind Ron DeSantis? Cause I, I've just heard the stories about, you know, this is a, this is a very connected sort of big, 
government globalist sure, guy sure. who's living the life and and you know doing great in Florida right. because he's got tons of Republicans around that allows him to do it. Right. And that's what gives me hesitation on him, frankly. I would mean, he stand up against the deep state? Would he stand up against it? And, yeah. and you know, when he was in Congress, he was a pretty good vote in Congress. Uh, he messed up a couple times, but who doesn't, yeah. right? Um, well, just you and me. Yeah, yeah, just you and me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect every day. Just the days that end in Y, you know. <laughs> <That's right. Exactly. laughs> uh, but, uh, but he he messed up on on guns a, a couple times. I think I want to say he voted for. I can't remember the bill it was. I'm not gonna not gonna try to speculate. There was one mess up he did on, on guns. Um, that's that's the question that we have to ask. Can he stand up? Uh, to establishment and you know or is he going to fall into the case of Tom Tom Tancredo messed up on guns after Columbine right because he was so personally affected by it right right and and yet uh, you know if he were in in a position to be running for things he would still be a someone I'd be very interested in to support if he was running for governor or something certainly so those days are over but uh, uh, so yeah everybody everybody messes up I, I guess for me um, given what Donald Trump has been through, and we'll go to the break with this. We'll pick it up on the other side. Uh, and I definitely want you to get the word out on this assault weapons ban. Sure, yeah, since we'll we're talk about having it. you stick around in our final segment. But um, uh, I, I don't know of anyone who has been attacked. Uh, well, there's there's never been anyone in history who's been attacked the way Donald Trump has from the deep state, from people he appointed, from people who were supposed to help him further his agenda. Uh, and so I can't think of anybody better suited uh, to come back out, finish what he started uh, with the knowledge now that um, he has to be very careful who he surrounds himself with uh, because this deep state has to be fully exposed and stopped once and for all. So that's sort of my uh, uh, why I'm still at this point. And as Republican National Committeeman, I'll have to sort of go silent. Sure. When, yeah, of course. Because we have to stay neutral in primaries when somebody else officially gets in. But. Right now, while I can talk freely uh, and subject to change, we'll see who, do, like you said, who do, who does get in. Uh, I think Donald Trump not only deserves it, but I think he's the best man to um, finally try to put that genie back in the deep state box. So we'll pick that up on the other side. We've got about 17 minutes left in the show. 7.43. Uh, so grateful for our third hour. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Kelly. And for having Lewis here to hold the fort down. Anyway, we'll do the final segment with Taylor Rhodes here in studio when we return on 710 KNUS. We're going to jump right in. We've got only got about 10 minutes left in the final segment of the show. So good to have you here on 710 KNUS. Taylor Rhodes is in studio with us. The uh, executive director of Rocky Mountain Gun Owners, uh, Dudley Brown's place. Text message came in on my phone. Was Dudley driven from Colorado politics? Our board actually didn't think he was conservative enough. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, didn't he park a tank in his front yard yeah, for a while? He still, he still has it in still his has front a tank. yard. Unbelievable. And uh, yeah, so no, Dudley was not driven. That's uh, that's the joke that I I make when when the lefty, yeah, when the lefties ask. I say our it's board. It's not a lefty question, but yeah, people I, just don't know. Well, no, when when I'm saying when lefties ask, I say yeah, you know, our board not, didn't think he's he was conservative enough, yeah. and um, no, so so Dudley, so those who don't know. Uh, Rocky Mountain Gun Owners is not a subsidiary, uh, but our 
we have our own EIN. We operate separately. We don't take any money from any other organization. That's a tax number. Right. Right. Identification number. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. And um, we are we operate completely separately uh but we do have a, another gun rights organization here in colorado the national association for gun rights um, for the listeners that may not know of them uh they are the fastest growing gun rights organization in america right now uh we actually um well i better not say that we're growing extremely fast um and uh, as as not your lawyer, if you don't think you should trust yeah. your gut, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're they are growing extremely fast. And in in 2020, um, Dudley approached me. I was uh, and let's keep this short. I didn't want to get sidetracked. Yeah, on yeah, this. Dudley, Just, yeah, Dudley approached me and asked if if I would uh, if not if tapped. Uh, and, uh, if I would do it. Okay. And so I said, yeah. And it's been the honor of my life to, we, we really do have the best members. And of, he moved on to NAGR. So he's full, full Very time good. with the National Association for Gun Rights. Still Acting, in Colorado. Still in Colorado, based yeah. out of Loveland. Still in, interested in Colorado politics. And certainly if, so. If there's anything left, uh, uh, called a conservative candidate, they'll still maybe get behind him. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, text message came in. Uh, nobody, uh, Randy, is this the Peter Boyle show now? Cause, oh, because we're having someone who's against Trump now. Um, nobody has ever been backstabbed like President Trump, especially by people he trusted. This guy is just another backstabber. Your response? Yeah, so I, I wouldn't say that I'm a backstabber. I I um, I work for the man. I I helped him get elected. I mean, I, I did. I um, I. I, I I don't know how much more I can say. I mean, that's the that's the biggest honor I I can personally bestow upon someone is is give they have enough of my trust uh, that I will help get them elected. Um, I think I'm pretty good at it. And uh, well, you mentioned Ron DeSantis. You said we have to move past Trump, but I just I'm wondering who else is out there, with maybe the exception of Ron DeSantis, who could still accomplish as much. For those of us on this side of the political aisle, as Donald Trump did, sure. I, I wish Rand Paul would run. I yeah. I don't know that he will. Um, could, could he beat Michelle Obama or or Jumpin' Joe if he actually I, sticks? If around. they run, if they run Joe Biden, I, I think we could put a corpse up against him <laughs> and probably win. And uh, but no, I I uh, I think I look at things uh, not in a. Uh, subjective view, a very objective view, um, and and for the listeners wondering, I mean, we're we're talking about we're talking about our fundamental rights. Um, I'm a gun lobbyist. I I care about guns a lot. Uh, it's my number one ish issue. Uh, life is probably my number one, but guns yeah. is guns is is up there, right? And and Donald Trump abandoned us. Do you think we'd have Dobbs, but for Trump and the big things that he did, the Supreme Court, yeah, Bruin. Um, so that is the 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 great thing that he did is was able to to get us those Supreme Court justices. Yeah. Uh, and I'll give credit where credits due, right? I mean, uh, in in the uh, the battle of ghost guns, right? That was something that was talked about with in his corner a lot. Um, he reversed an Obama decision, uh, but then kind of backed out of that and said, ah, well, you know, I think it's, I, re- I wrote his quote down and his quote was essentially, uh, you know, it's just kind of silly that we have guns that are, that are unregistered. Well, we don't have gun registration to begin with. Right. Yeah. Um, he, he's not a constitutionalist. He's, right, not, he's not a conservative. That's ab- he's a populist. Uh, sure. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but you have to you have to look at the field that exists, the, sure. the possibilities that are there. 
Um, we've only got about five minutes left, and uh, the, the, you know, as we get into the year, see who gets into the race. Sure. It'd be interesting to have you back. Yeah, I'd love to come back. Um, and you know, I'll have to be a more neutral, more nuanced neutral, but I can always argue for or against people sure, based course. on what they say or do without taking a personal position at that time. And I continue to be a very strong supporter of President Trump. But we've got to get the word out about this assault weapons ban. It's uh, It looks like it's been submitted. They're going to be taking, you know, picking up the session starting on Tuesday. Um, so what can you tell people? And they can find, by the way, a copy of that by following you on Twitter, can't they? Yeah, they can find us on Twitter. At Where RM- else could they get it? On RMGO Colorado on Twitter or on Facebook. Um, by the end of the day, if it's not already up yet, it should be on our website at rmgo.org. If you're not a member already, I'd encourage you to do so. You can join us there at rmgo.org. So yesterday I got a call from a reporter that said that there was a bill that was being circulated. Today I was able to track that bill down and, um, and was able to get that bill draft. Uh, so we, at least we know what they're thinking. It is... It is terrible. It is California 2.0 in regards um, to uh, what they have uh, on on it. It would effectively make a almost all semi-automatic handguns, if it has a threaded barrel, which 75% of them do, um, make those illegal. Um, it would essentially make my concealed carry that I carry every day illegal. Um, so if you're not an AR guy or gal and you know, you have a shotgun for home defense or you have a Glock, you know, Glock 43 pistol, uh, and you, you like to keep it in your bedside table, you're not necessarily out of the, out of the, um, out of the woods, right? They're basically banning rifles that don't shoot any faster than the average handgun that has a magazine. Correct. Right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, and it's anything that could potentially hold a suppressor. Um, and the interesting part is, mili- this is in their bill, military members are only allowed to have it if it's a part of the scope of their duties. <laughs> I mean, how how nuts are these people? Wow. Um, and effectively, you're you're guilty until proven innocent. The one thing that is is interesting in the bill, and again, you can read it on our on our Twitter or Facebook or even our website. Uh, it would make um, it would make you register that firearm based on a proof of receipt, uh, based on uh, your forty four seventy three. That's your background check when you when you buy your firearm at the gun shop. Um, and it sounds like you would submit it. Now, the bill does not say submit to who. I'm assuming that it would be submitted to their, you know, Office of Gun Violence Prevention or uh, whatever it was that they they uh, passed uh, they, two years they ago. They plan to start that July of this year. Right, yeah, and they have a $3 million, uh, Yes, July of this year um, is when they would enact it if it does go into law. I will say now um, – this is going to be the fight, the biggest fight that we've certainly ever seen in Colorado uh, on on a single issue. Um, maybe second, maybe second to the Rio last year. That was a, a big fight. Uh, we're going to mount a huge defense. Uh, if, if we can't beat it, uh, we will sue them. 
Yeah, it's it, with there. There aren't enough Republicans around to stop anything. So it'll be interesting to see what strategies are out there to try and influence Democrats to not go this far. Could, right. So could Polis help us given his presidential aspirations? So that is that's the interesting thing. So we actually think that last year when they floated the idea of an assault weapons ban, uh, we don't think we know uh, that Polis was the one that stopped it. Yeah. Uh, he did not want that to come to. But his he's been desk. reelected now. He has been reelected. But he does have but, presidential aspirations. But he does want to run for president. So yeah. if I am Governor Polis, uh, I let him pass it. I veto it. And they've got the two-thirds in the House to, to kill his veto, and it goes into law. Uh, and then Polis saves face, and you know they still get the same policy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it will likely come down to our legal wing. Um, and as you know, as an attorney... Those ain't cheap. Takes money. <laughs> so how do people help? Yeah, so if you'd like to help and, and join the fight uh, to fight back against this assault weapons ban, you can go to rmgo.org. Uh, you can either join as a member or if you go to the front page, I think there's still a, a join the, help the legal fight. And, hey, a dollar helps. Um, if you're sitting there and you say, yeah, well, I can't donate 100 or 200 or 300 bucks, a dollar or two helps. Um, those uh, The attorney fees rack up. And we still have to pay them regardless if we win or we lose. Uh, and actually, we could get our money back if we if we, uh, if we we win. Yeah, in the right cases, you betcha. Yep. yep. Yeah. So uh, we're not throwing all of our eggs into the legal basket. We're certainly going to fight it in the legislature. Uh, but I'm being realistic, right? It's, it's likely going to take a legal battle uh, to get it off the books. You can hear the music. It's fading in to the background. Uh, Taylor Rhodes, really been a fascinating conversation. Uh, we're going to have future conversations about Donald Trump, especially once we see who's in the field, because sure. there's no ideal candidate out there. Right. And uh, uh, But you've given a lot of food for thought. I hope folks enjoyed the conversation, and uh, especially, wow, talk about breaking news, an assault weapons ban dropping in the legislature, which starts their uh, nightmarish session uh, Monday or Tuesday. Monday? Monday. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, that's it. First show of the year. Glad to have you here. I'm Randy Corcoran. Always remember, please never forget, God loves you. So do I. And for the new year, always this. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The Democrat does what the f*** he wants. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com